Good morning, Terra Nova. Good morning. And welcome to the State of the Church. And my, my hope is that what you hear today is not merely informative, but is also a chance to worship God as we think about this past year and as we get excited for the future of Terra Nova. So I, I really do hope and pray it's more than just information um, that we are able to praise God through it. And so I'm actually going to start by praying again. So if you could, if you want to bow your heads with me, I'm going to pray. Lord, you have brought our church together. You've been doing that for a very long time, bringing your people together to know you, to learn about you, to worship together, to take care of each other, and to reach out to others. You've been doing that a long time, Lord, and we're grateful that you've done that here in our time, in this place, with these people. Thank you for your church. Lord, I thank you for the many, the many people that are not going to be talked about this morning, but that have continued to serve, continued to help lead this church in many ways. Um, God, I pray that they feel appreciated cared for, the many people that volunteer, the many pr people that, uh, that serve in so many ways in our church. We're so grateful. And Lord, I pray that as we, as we reflect on this past year, we see clearly your hand, your heart for our church, as we look ahead, that we look ahead with anticipation, that as Pastor Bill said on his last day, that the future of Terra is brighter than the past that the best is yet to come. We believe that. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Pray, Lord, that we can communicate clearly, that we'd be a united church centered around you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. So, the state of the church. Here's the goal of the state of the church. Before I get to the goal, here's what it's not. The, the state of the church is not to talk about all the different ministries of our church, all the ins and outs of what happens in our church. That's not the goal. It's not an overarching, this is, all, this is everything you need to know about Terra Nova. What it is, is a reflection of the past year, an update, which we try to do every year, a state of the church, to talk about changes, updates that have happened in the past year that you should know about, if you don't, and maybe some, some direction and vision moving forward for the church. So, let's reflect a little bit. Has much happened in the past year? <laughs> a little, little bit of change. We are in a new temporary location that Terra Nova has never been in another location other than Brown's for the 16, right, 15, 16 years of its existence. So we're in a new temporary location. We have had our lead pastor that started, that planted Terra Nova Church about 16 years ago uh, move on to another job. We've had our discipleship pastor that was here for the last seven or eight years step into another job uh, in New York. And on top of all that, we have weathered another year of a pandemic. A few things have happened. And I believe we can say confidently that we haven't, that's enough for any church to, to really struggle with all those different changes, right? But I think we haven't just weathered the storm, have we? I believe that we've, we've thrived as a church during this time. It's brought us together. It's caused us to remember that we need to take ownership of our church. This is our church together. And what we've seen in the past year is that happened. Many of you, uh, the reason that we've thrived is that you've showed up, is that you've served, is that you've continued to take ownership of our church together. And when we had to go online for a while, even this past year, to keep up with those those messages and to stay in tune with the direction of our church. It's because of, of many of you that we have thrived as a church and will continue to. Why, the best is still yet to come for Terra Nova Church. We do, in fact, believe that. And so what I want to do, what you see up here are our four elders. So it's me, hello, my name is Tori, and we have Pastor Jason, Pastor Nat, and Pastor Rob, and each of us are going to talk a little bit about either this past year, updates, changes, and, and some direction moving forward. How I'm gonna kick this off and start 
is actually talking a bit about ourselves. I'm gonna talk about us for a little bit, uh, the elders. And so many of you, you see Pastor Rob up here almost, almost every Sunday. Uh, what you don't see usually is Pastor Nat and Pastor Jason nearly as consistently up here. However, that is not to take away at all from the immense amount, this is their first year as elders, as lay elders, and the amount of time and effort and help and wisdom that they have put into helping to lead our church through this time of a bunch of transitions has been, it's, it's priceless. It's invaluable to, which means very valuable, I believe, uh, to, to our church. And I have been, and Pastor Rob and I have been ex really grateful for the timing of God raising these two men up and for the work we've put in already together. Um, and we're looking forward to, to the future for it. So I want to talk a little bit specifically about a retreat that we just went on about a month ago. We went on a retreat a month ago, an elder retreat, to talk about what are the specific roles and responsibilities of the four elders that you see up here. Because you, it's, been, it's been about a year since Pastor, since Pastor Ed left, and then however long ago that Pastor Bill left, was that like three months ago, something like that. And the amount of, of work and of, of time we've had to put into all kinds of things, we haven't had the time to really sit down and say, okay, exactly who is overseeing what ministry, and to have clear communication for ourselves and for you of, of what that is. And so the, for the retreat, we sat down with the help of some of our other elders from Saratoga and North Adams, Pastor Paul and Pastor Daniel, and they gave a lot of help to us to figure out how can we, how can we talk about all the different responsibilities for the church and assign who's overseeing what, and then the corresponding titles for those responsibilities. So we had a lot to talk about just amongst ourselves. And so I want to talk a little bit about what we discussed on that retreat. Three points. I had to get you three points, right? So we talked, first of all, about what, is, what are the expectations of an elder in general? You might be sitting there and thinking, what is an elder? And I'm going to talk to you about the expectations the Bible gives for an elder. Next, the next topic we went through was, do we continue as a church, do we want to continue to be a church that's led by a plurality of elders, that's a team of elders working together under the headship of Christ, Christ as the center of our church, but with elders leading the church body? And the answer to that, we discussed the answer to that question as well. So what is a biblical elder? Do we want to be a plurality of elders working together? And then the third question was, do we still want to be a church that has a designated lead pastor, and first among equals, which I'll explain some definitions of what that is, and then the decision we came up with with that question as well. What is an elder? Do we want to be a plurality of elders? Do we need or should we have a lead pastor, a first among equals? So first, what are the expectations of an elder? And I'm not talking about the qualifications of an elder. You can find that throughout scripture as well. That could be a whole nother conversation. But what should you expect to see from your elders? What are the biblical expectations of an elder? And we boiled that down to three words. An elder is a shepherd, an overseer, and a pilgrim. A shepherd, an overseer, and a pilgrim. And when we talk about elders, by the way, we use the word elder, pastor, overseer. Those terms are used interchangeably in the New Testament, so we use them interchangeably at Terra Nova. In 1 Peter chapter 5, all three of those words are used to talk about the same office, the same role, and so we talk about elder, pastor, synonymously. So when we're talking about expectations for an elder, we see three words that we boil it down to, a shepherd, an overseer, and a pilgrim. And you can have some visualizations of each one of those, of those words. For a shepherd, let's start with shepherd. A shepherd has sheep, right? It's supposed to lead their sheep. A shepherd is supposed to feed their sheep. A shepherd's supposed to protect their sheep from maybe themselves or invading wolves or bears or whatever. Uh, a shepherd's supposed to care for their sheep. So as shepherds, we are called to feed our people. We could give you some physical food. Some of us actually uh, cook pretty well. However, what we mean by that is the word of God. Shepherds, elders, are supposed to 
feed the people the word of God. That means we're, we're called to know God's word and to be able to teach it, preach it, explain it in ways that, that, that make sense and meet our current, our current time and that remain biblically sound. And so we teach, we feed the word of God. Shepherds are called to lead their flock. And as biblical elders we see in scripture, and there's a lot of verses that go along with all of these words, but for a shepherd that leads their flock, we see not just leading on the sideline and telling their sheep what to do and just over here, but actively involved. The shepherd is, is with the sheep, walking with and, and being. We want to be servant leaders who are serving alongside of you and are, are leading you that way. Uh, shepherds are supposed to protect their sheep. That's why they have the staff, to beat away the wolves. As shepherds, we are supposed to be able to have an idea when we need to use uh, when we need to protect the church. If that's from false teaching from outside of the church that many of us start believing, we have to be able to confront that and to talk about why it's not sound teaching. If there are examples of church discipline, what we call church restoration, which I hate doing, which I've had to do a few times, uh, that's part of what it means to be, to be an elder, to be a shepherd, to protect the, the people in the church. Uh, and then finally, as shepherds, we want to not just lead, not just protect, not just teach and preach the word, feed, but also care for each other. It's, it's not a business. We are not a business. I didn't get into this because I wanted to join a business. Uh, we're called to care for each other, to love each other, to pray for each other. That's what it means to be, part of what it means to be the body of Christ. And so, first word, elders are shepherds. Secondly, elders are called to be overseers, to lead the direction of the church, to cast vision for all the different ministries that we have, and there's a lot of them, we should be casting the vision and having a good idea of steering the church in a specific direction. Here at Terra Nova, we call it making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. Every one of our, of our ministries should be under that umbrella and how to specifically cast vision for each ministry to make sure that we are working towards that end. We want to cast vision. We want to lead the direction of the church. And then we want to, as overseers, be able to equip the saints, that's all of you, for the work of those ministries. To raise up leaders within the church, because we're thinking not just of this generation, but of the next one, and of the next one. And so we're called to be overseers as well. So shepherds, overseers, and then finally, we're pilgrims as well. We're not, elders are not supposed to have a, a loftier vision of who they are. They're sheep as well. We, we have one over-shepherd, and that's Christ. Christ is the head of the church. He leads the church. If we're not being led by the Lord, by the Spirit of God, we're in big trouble. And so we want to be people that are also pursuing God, that are, that are not perfect, that make mistakes, that are pilgrims on the journey of following after Christ as well but being consistent, and when we do fall, getting back up again and following the Lord as pilgrims. And so we want to be able, though we are um, following after the Lord, we want to be examples, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I am following Christ. So again, not that we do that perfectly, but you should be able to look at us and say, and say to your children, those are people that are following after Christ and that are an example of someone that is a, a disciple of Jesus Christ and someone that can be emulated. So, as an elder, we're called to be shepherds, overseers, and pilgrims. So we talked through that a bit, a refresher, foundation of what an elder is. Then we talked about, as a church, what we have done is we've led through a plurality. Plurality of elders are a group of elders working together to lead the church. So the question was, is that what we still want to do? Is that still the direction for Terra Nova Church? And after talking and prayer and that, we believe that the wise and the healthy decision is a yes to that question moving forward. We believe that we have been and want to continue to be a group that in humility and in collaboration working together and in caring for each other and keeping each other accountable to lead God's church, to lead you. And we believe that God gave plurality to the churches because God loves humility. He doesn't want a one-person show. God loves humility. And in, in leading together and sharing responsibility and of making decisions together and of keeping each other accountable, we can remain humble before the Lord in leading the church. 
We believe in a plurality of elders. Throughout the New Testament, when it talks about the, the responsibility and the authority, it's given to elders plural. You'll notice that throughout the New Testament letters. And so we want to be a, a plurality of elders leading the church together. And so God's grace in, in humility and accountability and caring for one another, uh, that's what we've been doing, and we want to continue to do that. Then we got to the last question of, do we need the titles of a lead pastor, a first among equals? And with a lot of conversation about that and looking, looking back at both Old and New Testament, there seems to be a person that the Lord raises up to lead, to take the initiative to lead God's people. And when you don't give someone that title or that role, it inevitably ends up happening anyways. And we've been seeing that happen um, as an elder body. And so, yes, we believe it's wise and healthy to have a lead pastor and a, a first among equals. Now, let me define those terms for you, those titles, which I have right here. So, condensed summary here. A lead pastor, the lead pastor is usually the person that you see most frequently on a Sunday preaching the word to the body, teaching the word. Uh, also, usually the person that would be taking initiative to, to make sure that people are discipled, to make sure that a, a healthy, Christ-centered culture is being formed in the church. And that also has some connections outside of the church in order to help with, if it's either church planting or local evangelism and things like that, mission. Generally, that's what you see with, see with the lead pastor. The lead pastor is the one that is focusing, takes the initiative to lead the church body. Okay. Then, the first among equals is the person that is usually focusing on caring for the elder team, keeping the team unified, moving forward on the same page, can be seen at times as the glue that makes sure the elders continue to meet together, care for each other, and move in the right direction in order to lead the church. The focus for the first among equals is on the elder dynamics. Lead pastor focuses on leading the church body. First among equals focuses on leading the elder team. So usually, usually, these titles are in the same person. That's usually the case. So we established, yes, we believe it's healthy and wise to be a plurality of elders moving forward. Yes, we think it's healthy and wise to have the clarification of who is the lead pastor, the first among equals. And then we sat down at the retreat and talked about and wrote out all the different ministries, all the different responsibilities that has to happen in a given year, week, month at Terranova Church, all the different ministries, and then the four of us, along with the other Terranova elders, discussed, Here are, here's what we see God is already doing, and here's what we see each elder should be responsible for overseeing. So we talked through it together, and we assigned for each one of us, yeah, you should take these three different categories of ministries, responsibilities for the church. And after we got through each and every one of those, we then talked about, given the responsibility that you have, here's the corresponding title that seems to naturally go along with what you're doing and how God is leading our church. So, to take it from there and what we came up with, I actually would like to hand it over to Pastor Jason. He's gonna finish the conversation about the elders, about roles and titles moving forward, and then he's gonna transition away from talking about the elders and to talk about this past year, some of the updates we've had with our staff. Okay, makes sense? Pastor Jay? Can you hear me? Am I on? I'm gonna lower this, I guess Tori's a little taller than me. Okay. Okay, so um, taking point where Tori left off, I just wanna go back over those definitions of what lead pastor and first among equals do. So lead pastor focuses on teaching, discipleship, and culture formation. So if we want to summarize it, the lead pastor is leading the church body. The first among equals is focusing on pastoral care of the team, keeping the team unified, moving us forward, focusing on elder dynamics, and if we want to sum it up, leading the elder team. And as Tori pointed out, typically in most churches, that if you grew up in an elder-led church, that was usually one person. And if we look across a lot of churches in the United States, it's usually one person. 
But what we wanted to do and step back in all these times of transition is, is look at three things. What does the Bible say about elders? What are the giftings of our current elders? And what and how has the Holy Spirit been using the elders over this past year to lead the church? So Tori's talked to you a little bit about what the Bible says about elders. I want to talk to you about the giftings of our current elders and um, just take a moment to focus on specifically Rob and Tori. Uh, this is a part where they don't know I'm going to talk about them, but I'm going to anyway. So, so what do we see in Tori? Um, I think we see a man who loves Jesus, who loves others, and is full of humility, something I can learn a lot about. We see a man that is clearly gifted to teach the word since he's been here for the last four years. He has the ability to take the richness and the deepness of the theological truths of the gospel and not water it down, but deliver it to us in an understandable and applicable way. To someone who doesn't know the Lord, to someone who just started walking with the Lord, and to someone who's been walking with the Lord for 20, 30, 40 years. Tori is gifted to do that. We also see a man who cares about others, who builds relationships. What he's built through the young, young adults group has been amazing. So we know he loves people. He loves to pray. He loves the church. And over this last year, the Holy Spirit has used Tori in, this, in these moments of transition to keep us focused on the word, to keep us together, to keep us coming to hear the word, to apply it to our lives. So those are some of the giftings and how we feel the Holy Spirit has used Tori in the last year. So Rob, what's there to say about Rob? Well, first of all, I think it's important for those of you that are new or haven't been here very long to know that Rob has been part of Terranova Church since the beginning. He gets, he understands the DNA of our church. And I want to pause there for a second because that may seem like a small thing, but the, knowing the DNA of our church, knowing why we exist, how we got to where we are, is vitally important to the health of our church. And without people like Rob, who love the church and know where we started and where we're going, um, getting through this season of change would have been extremely difficult. A lot of churches, and I've talked to folks in other ministries who have heard the transitions and the things that we've gone through at Terra Nova, um, a lot of churches might not survive that in the health and the state that we're in. And to be completely honest and to honor Rob, a lot of that is because of what he's done for us over the last year. He's shouldered both publicly and privately the burdens of this season with a lot of transition. He's led in, he's led in love, he's led in grace, he's led in passion, and he's been diligent. Rob is a worker. He cares, he works hard, and he loves the church. So when we looked at what, how the Holy Spirit's been using Rob, it's been in those ways over the course of this past year. So we know what the Bible says about elders, and we know the giftings of Tori and Rob, we know their desires, um, and we know and we can see, and hopefully you could see from the, that quick brief summary, how the Holy Spirit's been using them and working in their lives. And I think it's really important that we did that. We looked at the word, but I think you know, in life when we are trying to uh, follow God, it, it, it's a lot easier if we pause for a second and just ask the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, where are you working? Show me, Lord. Right? Instead of trying to make a way ourselves, the Holy Spirit's there to guide us and to communicate. So without looking at how the Holy Spirit has led these guys through this transition, um, you know, we'd be missing a piece. And so with that, we recognize that there needed to be some changes in their roles and titles. Um, so what we decided in unison, um, it was a beautiful thing as we transitioned through um, that retreat, and where we started and where we ended is clearly only, um, it, it, it's just what the Holy Spirit did. Because I'll be honest, there's a lot of questions and thoughts we had, and you as a congregation have had and been asking us over the last year. And, and God led us through that, um, through the giftings of Paul, Pastor Paul and Pastor Daniel, to a place where we just saw really clearly that we needed to change some titles and roles and responsibilities. So moving forward, Tori will be our lead pastor. He will be leading the congregation. 
and Pastor Rob will be our executive pastor and worship arts pastor. And as an elder, he will be the first among equals. He will be shepherding and pastoring the elders on a, on a daily basis. A lot of that won't seem much different to what's already been happening over the course of this year, but we wanted to um, give them honor in, in titles where it was appropriate and let you as a church body know that these aren't things that we take lightly, that we've prayed about it, we've, we've spent a lot of time, and we want to make sure that our foundation is secure and strong as we move forward as a church. So, Tori and Rob's role is going to be a little different than the traditional church. They're going to have to work very closely. Um, some people likened it to a marriage. So, so, I think that's really true in a lot of ways, right? Um, so, you can pray for Pastor Tori, because he's in his first year of marriage to Anna, and now he's going to be in his first year of marriage to Rob. So, and we all know how first year of marriages usually go. So, so be praying for both of them. All right. Uh, Nat and I's roles, and Tori talked a little bit about this. We wanted to make, make, give some clarity to the church as we went forward that the elders would be oversight. We would either be shepherding, overseeing, or doing the ministry of all the ministries of, of the church, and that it'd be clear that those that lead those ministries know who is helping them and shepherding them. Um, so Nat, Pastor Nat, will be over our financial ministry pieces. Uh, he will also um, take a lead role in helping to hopefully develop some of our counseling ministries as we, as we kind of ramp up as a church. So those will be the primary areas of responsibility for Nat. Areas of responsibility for myself will be I will help Rob with some of the uh, administrative church things. I will also be uh, over tribes, which is something I love, um, and then also helping with the financial pieces and having the lay elders as part of the financial team is, is, a, is a part of a healthy church, and that's what we'll be doing going forward. So that's a little bit about some of the elders. I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the new staff that we've brought on over the last year and just kind of give you some names. I don't know if we have, I don't know if we have faces to those names. Um, but uh, one of the, the biggest transitions we had was bringing on Blake Philippi as the Director of Discipleship and Outreach. So that's a broad area and a lot of responsibilities that Blake has. Uh, he's been doing a great job. He is primarily working with our older youth to develop that youth program because we have lots of little kids coming up and we want to develop a solid and Christ-centered and focused youth program. So Blake is working to do that. He also works with our tribes uh, on outreach and then our men's and women's ministry. Um, he's been doing a lot of kind of recasting of vision and working directly with some of those ministry leaders over the last six months that he's been here. And I wanted to highlight kind of just two pieces of the ministries that are really important to the life of Tara. So the first ministry is tribes. Tribes are our small groups, if you don't know. Uh, we have, oh, I should have asked you, Blake, I think we have eight or ten, ten, ten tribes tribes, so we have 10 tribe leaders. Uh, tribes are the lifeblood of a church, right? That's where uh, life is done. Um, that's where further discipleship happens. Um, and we have some great tribe leaders that some of them have done it for many years, some have done it for a few years. The health of our tribe leaders is really important. For those of you that are in tribes, you know, it, it can be a lot of work to come up with questions, to lead discussion, to host people in your home, to care and minister and coordinate those things. That's a lot of work. Um, and we recognize that and we're grateful for our tribe leaders that do that. Uh, but we also have a structure in place where we have what we call tribe coaches, uh, which are those that help to minister to our tribe leaders. And we have two sets of tribe coaches, uh, Whitney and Taylor Philippi, and uh, Dennis and Rachel Gardner. So they will be dividing up and kind of supporting and ministering to our tribe leaders. And they are new in this role, but they are not new to the church. They have been uh, around for a long time. They understand our tribes, and uh, I'm excited to, to sit under them and, and just have them minister to the tribe leaders. So uh, that's an important piece of ministry. Um, and then the other piece of ministry that is important, there's a lot, but Imago and Poema, which are men's and women's group. And so Tammy Meradian has taken the lead role over the last year and is doing a great job with our women's ministries, offering a number of different things. And uh, we have the women's retreat coming up soon, so hopefully you ladies will be hear more about that and want to sign up for that. Uh, and then as of, I think somebody said today, Spencer Martin is our Imago, our men's leader. Um, so we're really excited for Spencer to step up and do that. All of your questions, concerns, all the ideas that you have, go see Spencer right afterwards. So. 
But um, those, those, those help to um, support our tribes, and they work together for the, for the health and life and community of our church. Um, so we've also had changes in our, in our Terra Kids program. So Chris and Becky Summers came on uh, several months back as our Terra Kids coordinators. So they are coordinating the curriculum, the setup, the breakdown, uh, helping the teachers uh, with, with all of the ideas for that. And that's from, uh, I think, three years all the way up to our uh, fourth graders. And they're doing a great job. We're really grateful for them. Kayla Duffer has come on as our Terra Kids administrator, so she is helping with coordination of the nursery and all the babies that you guys keep making and that need spots and spaces to go so there's not crying in tears during the service. She's in charge of all that, so we're grateful for that, and she also helps to coordinate all the volunteers. Uh, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best. There's Natalie Shekatano, who is our social media coordinator. So those of you that are on the socials, um, she is helping to get information out, keep our church connected in that way. We're highlighting some key leaders, so if you haven't checked out Instagram or Facebook, please get connected. You can kind of learn more about our church and feel a little bit more connected. So Natalie has taken that role over, which is uh, actually it's a, very, it's a new role, um, and I think it's important for our church, so we're grateful for that. So, that's a lot of information. Um, we wanted to highlight just those key leaders that are new. It doesn't mean that there aren't really valuable people that we love and are appreciative of that do the rest of the ministries. And what I, in my part, what I want you to take away is that the church isn't about like one elder or a team of elders or even the staff. The church is the body of Christ working together. And moving forward, we want that to be clear. We want you to take part in ownership of this church, right? This is a collection of sinners and saints that are trying to proclaim the beauty and the majesty and the grace of Christ to a world that is lost and fallen. And it can't be done by Tory preaching every week. It can't be done by Rob singing some worship songs. It has to be done by the congregation. And we hope that you get that sense and that feeling, and that's where we want to kind of continue and move forward as a church. So I'm going to ask Pastor Nat to come up. He's going to talk a little bit about the financial ministries here, uh, and then we'll, we'll have Pastor Rob close us out. Well, good morning, Terra Nova. You guys all ready for a finance update? <laughs> all right. Um, it'll be exciting. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Nat. Um, I'm going to just give our church family an update on how's our financial health. Um, we're all part of this family, and if you've been here before, you know that every week we pause and um, ask you to give financially. And so what, where does that go? What, what happens to that? Um, well, we as leaders feel the responsibility and a, and a weight um, to be good stewards of that money and to make sure that we use it as best we can um, to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ, which is our mission as a church. Uh, one of the ways that we hope to improve this year is to give you more of an understanding of the financial picture of our church um, so that in your own individual lives as you're making financial decisions and within your own families. Um, so the Terra, Terra Nova at least won't be an unknown or a mystery to you. Uh, Jackie Martin is our deacon of finance. Uh, she's doing an outstanding job. Uh, she's very helpful. She's done a lot in that area. She brings expertise and wisdom and skills from her, her life in the corporate world. Um, so as we give updates later in the year, some of the, there's a good chance some of those updates will be coming from Jackie. Uh, and as Jason has said, from a, from a pastoral oversight perspective, uh, Jason and I, as the two lay elders, which really just means unpaid, we have other jobs. Um, <laughs> I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> Um, as the two lay elders, we're going to take the, we're going to share the primary responsibility for the financial oversight of the church. Terra Nova Troy operates with an annual budget. It's set every calendar year through a formal process. 
Um, this process involves the whole Terra Nova network. That's us, Troy, Saratoga, and North Adams. And the reason we're all involved is for guidance and accountability through that process, as well as some of the numbers are linked between the churches, which you'll see as I go forward. Um, the, the budget process starts, the first thing we do is we figure out what money is going to come in in the next year. So we project the expected giving. And the way we project is we look back at the trends. So the, the giving week to week, it varies like this. But as you look over months, it starts to steady, steady out, and especially as, as you look over several months. And you can see how this averages out. During COVID, and we've had a lot of changes during that time period, on average, our giving has come down about 15% from what it was before. Um, but we're not declining. We have leveled out. We're, we're steady. Um, and so the, the, 22, the 2022 budget for this coming this year has been set about 15% lower than last year's budget. And, and this is based on a, taking a conservative look at last year's numbers and the trends. But aside from that, we've also had all these staff changes. We've had um, both people leaving and people being hired. We've also had the location change. So how does this all shake out? And, and how are we doing financially as a, as a growing church family that's just been through all of these changes? Um, so here's how, if you can go to the slide with the chart, please. Um, this, and now I realize some of the numbers have washed out of the chart, their percentages. This is a high level view of the 2022 planned spending. Um, the number in the middle, that's our projected income and it's solely based on the projected giving. If we give less, uh, that number will be lower by the end of the year. If we give more, the number will be higher. All of the income is allocated to these categories that you see on this chart. The first thing we do is we take 10% right off the top and we give it away. And that's the category church planting up in the about two o'clock position. I believe it says, it should say 10% in that, in that box. Um, we've decided as a church that the full focus for, for that 10% that we give is going to be towards church planning. That's our strategy. Tori spoke about this back in January. You can find that sermon on YouTube. Um, one thing to know about it, we as a Terra Nova network of three churches, we actually combine all of our 10%. So 10% from Troy, 10% Saratoga, 10% North Adams. We combine all of that. And we collectively decide as a network what church plants we are going to support for that year. Um, just a little side note, it, going through this for the first time in the fall, it was really eye-opening to me um, to, to go through these decisions. It, uh, the part that was meaningful was um, just the response of the people and seeing where the money goes to these church plants, it doesn't just disappear. It actually goes to real people that are struggling to, to preach the gospel and make their churches thrive. And um, so it was really good to see. And uh, in some cases they over, overflow with thankfulness. Okay, let's move quickly around the circle so you can see how the rest breaks down. Um, discipleship. This is a, this is a big one. This is an important category. It, covers Terra Kids, Terra Youth, the women's and men's ministries, retreats, counseling, and so on. Now, these are all very important ministries to Terra Nova. And with this budget this year, we are able to give them what we think they'll need for the year. Um, for the facility, we spend 10% on rent and, and other expenses associated with the facility. This number is lower than it was in the past, um, back when we lived on River Street and had the, we rented the full kids space over there as, as well as Rev, Rev Hall. Um, just as a point of comparison, um, amongst the three churches in the Terra network, Troy actually spends the lowest percentage on facility. 
HR, human resources, it just disappeared. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we have paid staff. <laughs> and this category is really ministry because these staff are all doing ministry. Uh, we have two full-time pastors, one full-time director of discipleship, one part-time director of operations, and two part-time contract employees. This is our biggest category, um, but it's an important one. But how about the 54%? Is, is that okay? Um, well, it's actually on par with where we have been historically as a church, even though we've had changes in our staffing. Um, the 54% is also right in line with some benchmarks that we've done. There are actually organizations out there that collect all kinds of church data about church budgets and how much their staff are paid and things like that. You can go look at this information and see the averages, and we've surveyed these to make sure we're not out of line, out of balance. Um, just quick example, there was a Houston-based church, church staffing firm that did this big survey a couple years ago, and they, they determined HR compensation is typically 46 to 60% of a church's budget. We're at 54, right in the middle. Um, the average church uses 52% of their budget in this category. Okay, moving on. Outreach. Uh, we have a benevolence ministry that's going to start to take shape this year. And uh, we, we have 2% allocated towards that. Um, shared expenses. There are things across the Terra, Terra Nova network that all three churches use and help pay for. This is... Uh, stuff like insurance and bookkeeping. What you might not know is all the accounting is actually done by a third party outside of Terra, um, a professional CPA, and, and this helps with just ensure proper record keeping, proper controls. Um, moving on, Sunday gatherings, that's all this stuff, whatever it takes to pull a service off, AV equipment, etc. Savings. Um, our expectation is that this year we'll have about 3% excess, which will go into savings or reserves. Um, I'll note, as a church, we, we keep and already have a, a three-month operating reserve in case of emergencies, um, as well as other savings that are already in the bank. Um, and that could be potentially for things as the Lord leads, like future staffing or or uh, future building needs. And finally, we are around the circle to administrative costs, and that's stuff like office supplies and internet and cell phones and laptops, things like that. Um, so that, that's it. We've made it all, all around the circle. Congratulations. Um, I, I hope you found this overview helpful. Um, I don't want to miss the opportunity to say thank you um, thank you for faithfully giving. Um, if that didn't happen, there wouldn't be any money to spend and we wouldn't have a church. So um, we, uh, as I said, we hope to give you regular updates uh, as appropriate later in the year. And I'm sure some of you will have questions and you can feel free to ask. And now I will transition it back to Rob. So um, I think we would miss something if we weren't to acknowledge that um, with every one of the elders up here, including myself, we have a, a spouse, a wife that, that goes along with us. And without them, we're not the people that we are, right? We're not the elders that we should be. So um, I do not want to disregard mentioning all of our wives because you're important to us. Um, so if, if you're not aware, uh, we've been around for 16 years, um, but even a little bit before that, you know, we, we started like a, a first small group that um, started 17, so almost 18 years ago, Tara has been like in the process, and there's never been a time where we didn't think um, we're just stuck where we are staying, you know, in Rev Hall or in here. Um, and I know you're probably wondering, where are we at? What are we doing? Where are we going? Why are we still here? Tara has been looking for space probably since the beginning, right? We, we went 
to Rev Hall because it was the perfect spot at the perfect time for us and we stayed there for as long as we needed to be there, but never did we stop looking, right? We never thought this is our permanent location. We, we looked at buildings. We looked at, I think, every building possible in the city of Troy and there's something wrong with each one of them. There's either space, uh, there's parking, there's, there's, there's always something. Um, so I don't want you to think that somehow we've just been sitting around waiting for like this magical church building to appear or this land to just appear and then the money to build that happens. Uh, that has not been the case. We have, we have looked all over um, to the point where we were thinking, well, is Troy all that there is, right? Are there other opportunities for us outside of Troy? And I know that's, that's a frightening thought to even think about, but if, if there is no space here in Troy, are we still called to be in Troy? Well, we are right now. We're, we're here. Uh, Boys and Girls Club is the space, and we're going to stay here for as long as God has us here. But we don't want to just think that this is the only space that God has for us. So we need to think beyond that. So we've, we've gone beyond that. We've looked at other spaces. We've looked at other buildings. We've, we've thought beyond just this square, right? So we want to make sure that we don't just put ourselves in a box and think that this is the only thing that God has for us. So know that this is not the, the permanent place, as, as Pastor Tori shared. This isn't our permanent location. We will move in a place where, when God wills for us to be there. That is where we will be. Um, so we are uh, in a good place financially. Um, what, what Pastor Nat shared is exactly right. Uh, I talked with Pastor Paul just the other night, and where we are at as far as savings is concerned, not to think about like the, um, the three months of reserves that we would want just in case of an emergency, but we have $127,000 in savings for what we choose to use with that. That is up to us. If that's to put a down payment on a building or to start some sort of renovations or anything like that, that is just what is there for just in savings. That doesn't consider anything to take out of 2021 that was a surplus and put into the, um, the savings as well. So we are in a very good place as a church from all the years that we have been just good stewards of our money. Um, that being said, we are in the early stages of talking with another church about what it might look like to adopt them, right? So hear me. This is just the early stages, right? Don't get excited. Don't think like, oh, somehow this is happening next week. This is going to be a long process, and I want to set the expectations low so that we're not coming in with these grand expectations that next week we're moving into a building. I just want you to hear that it's talks. It's conversations that we're having with another church about adopting them into our fold, right? So let's, let's just kind of put that out of our mind. It's there, but just like just an inkling. Just, just keep that there. Um, but we want to make sure that even in the idea of thinking about a space for us, that we're not discounting anything, right? This is an opportunity for us as a church to see what's next for Terra Nova Troy. Excited? There's a lot. You heard a lot today, right? There's a lot of information. And I guarantee you have questions. Um, I know that we did not answer all of your questions that may have come up. Um, so what we want to do is give you an opportunity to ask us those questions. So troyquestions at turnoverchurch.org is an is a, a email that you can use. Dennis will, will revisit that at the end of the service here. But we want you to have an opportunity this week um, to send us those questions, things that you heard today that you did not feel answered that question that you want. And maybe we'll answer it, maybe we won't. Just getting that out there right now. Don't think that we're just going to answer every question. But that's for next week. So next week, we're going to have an opportunity to have a time for us to answer your questions. So the most um, relevant, most frequent questions, all of those questions, we want to kind of ball up into a time where we get to be back up here again and answer those questions for you. Um, so please email those questions for, uh, to, at, to us at troyquestions at terranovachurch.org. But more importantly, um, all the information that you, he you heard today, please be praying for us and with us, right? This is, this is a journey that we take together. This is not just the four guys leading this group of people, but this is a, a family that works together and prays together. So please um, pray for us and, and pray with us as we take this journey together. 
um, and Pastor Tori, I'm going to ask the band to come up because we're going to transition to communion. Uh, but Pastor Tori is going to pray and uh, close this section out before we go to communion. Let's pray. Lord, we don't want to miss anything that you want to do. When we sing those words, we won't go anywhere without you. We won't move without you. We don't want to miss anything you have for us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would lead our church, that you would help us to be grounded in your word and led by your spirit, that our ears, our hearts would be open for the future of Terra Nova. And Lord, remind us that we, the church, is us. It's your people coming together, growing, growing in our faith, sharpening each other, and inviting, as Pastor Jason was saying, the world that, that desperately needs you to know you and to join your family. Help us, Lord, to focus on what truly matters, our love for you, our love for each other, and for the world. We pray, Lord, for your guidance. Pray, Lord, that we follow wherever you're leading us. We pray for wisdom that you tell us to ask for and you will give it. And so we ask, Lord, all of us, wisdom moving forward. As we look back and we're so grateful for this past year, of all the people that are serving and contributing and have taken ownership of our church in so many ways, specifically, Lord, those people that uh, in this past year that have contributed and blessed uh, our church so much uh, in so many ways, Lord. Uh, thank you for all of your people that you've brought together. Thank you for your promises in your word that we've walked through some of them these past, this past month as we look forward with anticipation of all that you're going to do. Lord, I pray for all of us to be able to know what you've called us to do. Lord, with any of us that feel that need to serve or to use the gifts that you've given and don't know those gifts and don't know their seat on the bus, would you lead them there? Would you help us to guide that we would serve together, work together, play together, all of it, God, as your people? Pray for your blessing. We pray this in your name. Amen.